So my first question is, mm -hmm. why did you divorce me? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. We needed to paint um, a self-portrait, mm -hmm. which everybody should do. It doesn't matter whether you're a good drawer or not. It's very healing to look at yourself in a mirror for days in a row mm -hmm. and to draw yourself. And usually the drawing that you make of yourself is more you than the physical you right now. <laughs> it's like your soul portrait, where your physical body meets your soul. arrive to the entrance of this purple balcony apartment that used to be my home back a few years back. Every time I come here, I feel like I'm uh, stepping into the past or a past chapter of mine. But also, this purple balcony was actually the first, uh, you know, home in Montreal that was painted a different color than just black. It used to be in placemats and postcards, and there was actually tour buses that would stop and check out this house that was always kind of like had artsy people living in it. And uh, now it's where my good friend Valerie Lambert, my ex-wife, lives. So uh, let's visit her and have a conversation. Hi, welcome to another episode of Chris Dyer's Creative Friends, the super fun YouTube podcast show with me, Chris Dyer, interviews his super awesome creative friends. Today, my super special guest, is Valerie Lambert, Hi. who is a Belgium artist, who is a healer, a very beautiful crystal soul, and who also happens to be my ex-wife, but still a really great friend of mine. We still hang out all the time, and uh, she's super interesting. I really wanted her to be part of this show and pick her brain about all these different things that she knows, and her own creative way of existing. So, how are you doing, Valerie? I'm good. Valerinche. Yes. <laughs> it's funny. How are you doing these days? I'm okay. I'm okay. You know, the situations are a little bit like complicated these days, but I'm 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 okay. I'm fine. The yeah. world has a heavy vibration. This it really year, does. 2020. So, we try our best, especially as sensitive beings, it, it affects us, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. But we're strong and we find our way to push on through and to keep on sharing our life. Exactly. Our light. Our light, yeah, our which light. is needed more than ever. Totally. Well, thank you for sharing your light. Okay, so my first question is, mm -hmm. why did you divorce me? <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, just, no. Just joking. No, no. We don't need to go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not like you divorced me. We no, decided no. to each go our own way because it was just... Uh, you know, it's just how the vibrations of life took us, you know, it wasn't yeah. like any bad vibes. No, it was just plus kind of... also like if you're more conscious, then you can make these decisions together and you want to push each other towards like the, the greatest good, you know, the greatest manifestation of your soul. And if you're like, like kind of preventing each other from becoming that greatest person, you know, then you have to talk to each other and like, hey, you know. Right. And, and things change, like say yeah. when we first 
met, I was just starting out my art career. You were just getting out in the world, finding your own path. Right. But then I got strong in my art career and I had to be traveling a lot. And that didn't work with you, especially with your health issues. You yeah. wanted me to be home more. And I would feel guilty when I travel and you would feel guilty when I didn't travel. And there was just a lot of sadness yeah. about that. And uh, so it was, we saw it in a very like, you know, not an emotional way, but we saw that, hey, it was better off for me to follow my own path and for you to follow your own. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, yeah. Now you got a, a new partner, Edward, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. uh, fits you better, who's there to back you up, who stays home more. And I'm very happy about that. And yeah. I can travel the world with yeah. my art. Usually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, my, my goal in this life is not to be traveling the world physically, but just to travel it like in a different way, like metaphysically maybe, you know, mm -hmm. the different. Totally. So, yeah, so I'm staying put more. We got different paths. Exactly. And, and that's okay. We observed it. And we were sad when we had to part ways, yeah. you know, I especially had to leave you and be married, which I really enjoyed for many years and living in this beautiful home with you. Mm -hmm. It, it was hard for me, but, uh, you know, with the help of ayahuasca, I saw that I was also like the way I would serve the world better, you know? Right. That's it. That's why I thought it was better because you have a task where you have to be all over the world. That's your task. And I, I honor that, that's your, that you have to do this. So, um, my task is just different and mm -hmm. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be dragged around all over the world because that's just not what I want to do. Yeah, you're and too if, sensitive. Like yes, uh, the environment, I throw myself fuck with me because yeah. I'm sensitive too, but yeah. I, I put up with it. But with you, no. like the well, sounds, the people, the smells, no. the light was just It's it, For me, it's just like my body is, in this life is very sensitive and I don't want to... I don't want to push myself through that. I don't need to. I feel like whatever the world has to offer, I feel like I have seen these things before. It's just not my mission in this life. Right. And that's all. Yeah. But I honor that that's your mission. Mm -hmm. And that's that's great. I, I think it's great what you're doing. And I'm actually happy that I was able to set you free. And I'm free now, too. And mm -hmm. it's we, we're doing our we were both doing our own things. Right. And we support what we do. Yeah. Of each other as well. So of it's course, like. Yeah which I think is, is how people should be. Right. And right. life has change and we have uh, yeah. to, we got to yeah. move with the changes of right. life. Even if it hurts, sometimes change is difficult, Right. but uh, that makes you become uh, bigger when you allow yourself yeah. to move into whatever you have to right. move into. And not to get stuck in your ways, you know, and there's a reason why souls uh, get into each other's lives is because they have a certain mission for each other. Like you and me, for example, you brought me to the new world which was needed for me. I really needed to be here. So you, you know, and you showed me um, how to be a creator, that you can create whatever you want. And, and I, me too, I'm a creator. It's just that I saw how you did it. And now I, I was reminded of how I could be my own creator as well. So, mm -hmm. which is why we were together in the first place. Right. It's not always all these worldly, um, how do you say this? Uh, labels that people put like oh this and that and you have to this and that it's right. just all very limiting right there's many definitions of what success and happiness is exactly by new world you are referring to america, america. because you're from belgium correct right and how yeah. do you see the difference between belgium and canada for example well belgium is like um has a lot of history of course this land has a lot of history as well um, but it's just that there was a lot of war, you know, like the first world war, the second world war that brings a lot of heavy energy. So I feel like Belgium has like a rich history, but also very heavy. 
energy and um, I love the people, I love the culture, I love the architecture, I love a lot of things about Belgium, but it was becoming suffocating to me. And um, when I came here for the first time, when I took that plane, and you know this very well, I knew my life was going to change dramatically for the better. Because once I arrived here, I was like, oh my goodness, you know, I didn't know that so much space could exist and so much uh, openness and just my heart opened up right away. I didn't get that heavy feeling that I always had in Europe. And I, I say mm -hmm. Europe, it's not just Belgium, it's Europe has a heavy vibe to it. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful, but it's heavy. Right. When you arrive to North America, it's like your heart opens, you can suddenly breathe, you have oxygen. And then you you feel like you can be more independent, you know. There's just a different vibe between people. People let each other be a lot more. There's like, um, yeah, this is what I needed. It's almost like an Aquarian energy. It's like, oh, when I arrived here, I felt like I wanted to kiss the ground, you know. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, this is this is amazing. So I'm very happy to be here. I'm very honored to be here. And I would call it the new world. It's the new world for me. And I I, I know that I knew that when I was younger too. I knew that I was going to go somewhere else. You know, people were always telling me, oh, you know, like um, you don't travel that much. I mean, I did travel a little bit, but not that much and this and that. But I was always like, yeah, but I'm going to do other things and I'm going to straight up move to another continent. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what I've done. And I'm so happy. It's the best decision I've ever made. Right. Yeah. Well, and beautiful. thank you for bringing me here. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you left thank you, Canada. <laughs> Super yeah. cool. Well, I'm happy that you're living here in Montreal, such a beautiful city. Yes. Uh, you know, that after our uh, relationship was concluded, that it didn't mean that you had to go back to Belgium, but that you continue your life here in Canada and you're becoming a Canadian citizen. And, yes. Yeah. And that this is a place you can call home. Mm -hmm. And we live, we're pretty much neighbors. We live a few blocks away yeah. from mm -hmm. each other. I always make sure that I don't live too far away from you because if not it'll, I'll never see you anymore but I also yeah. really like the park it's not all you <laughs> I also like the La Fontaine park <laughs> it's true but yeah uh, but it's it's basically what it is is we're a soul group we're we're people from the same soul group and we have like we live close together so that we cannot feel so alone in this dense world and so if there's anything wrong or we need help or we're always there for each other that's what's the beauty of this mm -hmm. and we're definitely needed in in the north of America, you know, mm -hmm. we're needed here. Totally. Yeah. Be um, well, I'll ask you more about like the differences between North America and Europe and levels of awakening a little sure. bit later. But yes, because I have more to say about that, actually. Well, you know what? Go ahead. Tell me, like, what's the difference between the consciousness of a European and a North American? At one point you told okay. me that Europeans, because it's a longer, older yeah. culture, yeah. their ethics are very ingrained through many more generations than, say, right. an American that only has, like, you know, a couple hundred years yes. that's lived in this yeah. country, especially a lot of them being uh, um, uh, people from other countries. Of course, we're not talking about uh, the Native Americans. Of course, we're not talking about Native because Americans. Because these guys have like a super rich history. Right. But before that, everyone. That culture is also, also kind of being destroyed uh, yeah. almost unrecognizably yes. in this country and yeah. in the United States. But so what do you see the difference between the European consciousness and the North American one? Well, like you said, it's like uh, there's generations of people living on the land and um, they have all these traditions from their ancestors that were passed on. And it, I don't know why, but it creates a very deep spirituality, which I feel it is lacking a little bit here. So when I was in Belgium, I had um, a lot of spiritual friends. There was like a lot of depth to my experiences. I received a lot of healing. I received a lot of insight, a lot of teachings. 
that were going a lot deeper than what I have here. So when I arrived here, I was like, oh, this is very different. I mean, there's a lot of openness and it's very fresh, but I feel like a lot of people, they moved from different countries from all over the world and they were derooted and they kind of lost their identity a little bit. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that these people are not absolutely beautiful people. They just, um, it's almost like their ancestors are not nearby. So they had to unplug themselves and plug themselves somewhere else. And so they have to build it all up from, from zero, you know, mm -hmm. not, so not from zero because the Native Americans are still here and God bless them because when I came here um, the first time, and you remember this, right? I was always putting my hand on my heart and I would be like, I'm home. And I would be become like emotional. Uh, I was like, no, I'm not home. I'm not home. How come I feel like I'm not home? And then one day on the 5th of August of 2009, we went to Manawaki to, uh, it was like gathering of the elders of a all the tribes at Powwow. And that was the first time that I, I could do this. And I was like, I'm home. I've arrived because I saw these Native American people and I saw their wisdom and they were humble and they were beautiful and they were showing their rituals and their way of living. I mean, I just saw a fraction of it, but it was enough for me to see, oh, wow, this land has a lot, a lot, a lot of wisdom and a lot of deep spirituality mm -hmm. and you can access it. And if you want to access it, you have to access it to through these people and you, you can access it also just by connecting to the land because the land is super rich in, in, in spirituality. But mm -hmm. you'll find it more by connecting to the land than to connecting necessarily to a lot of people. To it's the just culture. Yes. Because Canadian culture doesn't even really exist per no. se. If, you know, we got beaver tails and hockey and poutine. I don't yes. consider that much culture, really. Right. If that's what Canada is, like yes. Canada ain't much. <laughs> and then also, like, for example, uh, the, progr the progressiveness, right? For example, gay rights were like, um, that was very normal in, in, in well, I don't want to say Europe, but like, for example, uh, the Netherlands, they started with like gay uh, marriage and stuff. So in Belgium, it's similar we're progressive and then you come here and you're like oh why is it so behind it, i think it's behind again because of the derooting you deroot a culture you deroot people and then they have to kind of build up from scratch again and it takes a lot longer mm -hmm. it's so, like more immature as a collective in a way uh, yeah it's almost like you become a child again and you have to learn to walk again and you you mm -hmm. know it, it takes time but still canada is better than the united states where we legalized gay marriage yes, years so before the united yeah, yeah. states and the united states i believe it was like 2015 that all right 14 15 that it was something like am that. I correct I, I was i was living yeah. here i remember when it yeah. happened so probably it was late really late mm -hmm. and um yeah i think yeah there's a difference for sure mm -hmm. yeah nice well, these shows, I usually start by asking the guests if they remember how we met. And I think the story of how we met is a very beautiful one. Right. Uh, I think you had some kind of like psychic messages coming through you when you saw me on MySpace. Would you like to tell that story? Yeah, that was interesting because I was, um, I have to think now. <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, I remember looking online and I saw, you know, back in the day, MySpace had like a list of top friends. Mm -hmm. And uh, I saw you through, and I remember the friend, his name is Arno, Arnold Bux, I think Arnold Bux. And um, you were one of his top friends. And then I clicked on your picture and then I went and looked at your, your, your MySpace like footage, you know, all your uh, photos and stuff. And um, I was like, oh my goodness, you know, like somebody who uses the same colors as I do, very vibrant, very um, expressive very interesting person and i liked all the traveling pictures believe it or not i was like oh this is beautiful what a diverse soul and um that's how i met you and in and right away and then yeah i started 
talking to you because you sent like a message and then I started talking and then we started talking about the mudras. Like, I remember you sent a picture of mudras. I'm yes. like, oh, this chick's all like think... cute and she's spiritual too, <laughs> yeah. which is what I like and always. You, I know it's funny, the mudra that you reacted to is the mudra uh, to... Uh, connect the two hemispheres of the brain to like mm -hmm. to align the, them. The star of David. No, it was this. It was something like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. to uh, yeah, just to connect it to uh, brain hemispheres. Nice. I, I love was... meditating with my hands, kind of like uniting in some kind of way like that. Well, it makes sense, you know. Mm -hmm. Our hands are what we create things with. So uh, and uh, the hands are like, or the arms actually, we create with them. We receive love. We give love. So. So we met on MySpace. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we started talking basically, and we started talking, and then the talking became very intense. It was almost like talking every day. We were talking every day. Yeah, and, then, and you were in Mexico. Yeah, I think I, I went to Mexico once. We took the relationship to email status. <laughs> yes, First yes, it was yes. comments, then right. it was DMs, right. then it's like let's take this to email. Yeah. And we're so talking funny. every day and I would always like, you know, I was in Mexico doing some shows in Cancun, but I always try to go to the internet office because those days I didn't have a phone and yeah. like try to answer my emails to this like beautiful Belgian woman that was talking to me, but I never thought I was going to meet you because no. like, wow, she's in Belgium, like, you know, this is just yeah. fun, but Yeah. But I'm like a, a pretty, I would say a pretty um stubborn woman so I was like oh I gotta meet this person this is but the good thing is that, like a lot of people are like yeah it's never gonna happen oh I don't want to put my energy there but you're also a pretty passionate person so you're open to a lot of things so I, I think I said to you at the time that um oh no I remember I asked you if you you could come over to Belgium you said well I can't really just come over like that I'm just an artist and I'm already struggling financially it's expensive so you said the only way I could come over is if you could find me a gallery and then I could go there and I would be allowed by the government too because it's for work, right? So mm. I got you actually two shows. That's how motivated and how um, focused I was. I just went to galleries and I banged and I asked and in the end there were two galleries. They were not like crazy galleries, but like one of them was like a graffiti slash uh, art shop and the other mm -hmm. one was like a cartoon. Like a comic book a shop. A comic book shop slash gallery, which is like mm. both stuff you're interested in. Right. It's, it was totally it's so my funny. And I wouldn't even have known back in the day how much you were into graffiti because you weren't doing any graffiti. Right. No, Plus uh, the cartoon or the comic book, I didn't know how much you were into that. So that's really funny how it's like cosmic jokes, you know, mm -hmm. like you can see it afterwards. You're like, oh, yeah, that, that's funny. And it was a funny, it was a fun experience. Yeah, it was it, nice to meet you. We traveled to Paris. Right. We liked each other. Yeah. And uh, then you visited me in Canada. Yeah, that was huge, huge. I visited here and then and then once I came here and you saw my reaction to the land and, and then you're like, oh, this could be interesting, you know? You opened up and then um, I went back to Belgium and I had put my mind, I mean, I started thinking about moving here, you know? But mm -hmm. I wasn't sure if that was going to work out because there's a big difference between you liking a place and you living in a place. So that took right. me, you know, I was a little scared, but it's normal. I'm a pretty fixed person. I'm pretty Belgian, you know? Mm -hmm. So it, it was very difficult for me to like uh, get used to the idea of like, oh, I'm going to move to another place. But mm -hmm. I tried it, I did it, and I'm proud and happy I did it. Beautiful. Well, I'm happy you did. And then yeah. we, 
fell in love, married, lived <laughs> together, divorced, etc. We're homies now. Yeah. It, the, the rest is history. But uh, yeah, I'm happy that you followed your heart and tried something yeah. that might have, uh, you know, seemed very scary at the time. I think those leaps of faith is what makes life interesting and, oh, yeah. you know, worth living. So let's get into your art a little bit. Mm -hmm. you, you're a person who has a different kinds of expressions, different kinds of healings, but it all right. started with fashion design, right? You, you studied yes. fashion design in Belgium? Yes, I did. I studied fashion design. The reason why I studied fashion design is because, um, well, first of all, I studied social work and then I graduated as a social group worker. And I remember my dad saying to me, he's like, oh, you're going to be a social accident now? And I'm like, eh. Uh, I realized that I'm a very sensitive person and uh, like you said, you know, I, I take things very strongly and almost physically when, you know, I'm around people or situations that are intense. So in the social work field, uh, it was a bit challenging. And then I realized instead of always being around all these problems and people, the heavy weights and the suffering. heavy stuff, the suffering, why don't I just do some, make something beautiful for people so that I can uplift their spirits? Because that's also a way of taking care of people and, you know, helping out. So this is why I went into fashion design. Mm -hmm. And because I, I wanted to create beautiful clothing. I don't know why clothing. Like now I think about it, I'm like, yeah, I could have done anything. But I liked the, the person, the personal thing about it. Because fashion, a person has to wear the fashion, you know. Yeah. It's, well, they're you're wearing a girl it. and girls feel empowered when they have a beautiful clothes Correct. on. And you always dress beautifully and that makes you mm -hmm. feel like a queen. So I um, imagine you wanted to make other people feel royal. Yeah. But, but most importantly, I thought it was important that people could express themselves and like uniquely expressing themselves. So for example, you feel attracted to certain colors or textures and you, you use them to express yourself even more. Just like makeup. People use makeup to um, accentuate their beauty or accentuate what they want to accentuate. And clothes are the same. And it's not bad to want to do that because some people, you know, they're like, oh, why do you do this? Well, actually, it's it can be beneficial because we're just terrestrial beings, but we can basically express higher parts of ourselves by bringing in some art. It's so important. Right. It's food for the soul. Really. We are in the physical plane. We do have eyes. We do yeah. have ears and yeah. have mouth and we got the senses. Right. So why not feed the senses and be like get high from all the beauty around us, you know, like that's why we're here. Exactly. That, that's why God created physicality. Be yeah. like, oh, I want to like see beautiful clothes and eat some yeah. chocolate. <laughs> but also like God created us and he was creative, right? So he made us, he made us beings and he, he was proud of his creation. And so we're like him, right? Or him, her, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so we're, we have the same capacity to do the same thing. We create also. We, we do that by just expressing ourselves differently. Mm -hmm. And so it's beautiful. So you got like a master's degree from a school in Antwerp, I think? No, it's, it's Ghent. Okay, in yeah, Ghent. Yeah, it's in Ghent. Nice. Um, yeah, I, it was in Ghent. I think I would have been either way too sensitive for Antwerp. <laughs> Antwerp is, is not easy. Um, it's just very, um, it's harsh. It's harsh. Either way, it's a harsh education. Like mm -hmm. uh, I, I struggled quite a bit. Because um, I was trying to fit into a place or a school that was ne not necessarily like similar to my energy. They were more into conceptual art, and I'm very much into spiritual art. Mm -hmm. So you believe in beauty, yes. While conceptual art no. is like beauty is dead. 
<laughs> yeah, beauty is stupid. It's like it's they. It's almost like oh well, you're, if you're not using your mental capacity, your beauty is empty. But they forget that beauty is not empty. It could be a spiritual experience, and it could be as rich as a conceptual, like mental, like mm-hmm. thing. So it's like, yeah, it, it just I didn't really fit in that, and I would block a lot. I would have blocking in my my um, creation process, basically, because of this. It's like my resistance, you know. Mm-hmm. But then in the end, I, I did succeed making my own stuff. But that was just because I had to push through this incredible resistance. And I also had like two beautiful teachers next to me who were very sensitive themselves. And they pushed me. And then they said, you just got to use your drawings. You just got to be you. You just And then I did. Mm-hmm. And I did. And I was so happy. And I'm very proud of what I graduated with, you know. That was that was really me. Nice. All the stuff that I made before that, it, there was little specks of me, but that was not really fully me mm-hmm. because I was trying to please the the teachers too. Right. Well, you should never please any teacher. That last collection it's, that you did, the one that, that I caught, the yeah, final, exactly. uh, what do you call it, graduation walk? Or, yes, uh, yes, the catwalk, the last uh, final walk. Right, where you had all your beautiful friends dressed in your clothes. Exactly. It was a very s- special event, and I'm happy that I saw it in person because I was visiting you in Belgium right, at the time. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think what you did was very beautiful and gorgeous. And, you know, uh, did you ever get to work for the fashion industry? I know you did some internships in Paris and stuff. But... Yes, yes, I, I did. I did do an, inter- an internship for like a Belgian designer. It was not like it was just a few months that I did. And then I already felt like, oh, boy, this is not my cup of tea. This is not my kind of world. Again, very cold. Very detached. Of course, it's superficial. I don't, of course, you know, but, but you know what? We are needed in the world of superficiality. Mm-hmm. There's certain areas. I mean, every area in the world has like um, superficial, um, you know, situations going on. But like uh, the fashion industry is, is really bad. So mm-hmm. I, I was there and I was like, oh, this is icky. I don't like this energy. They I don't treated like- you bad. Uh, treated me bad. They treated me like I'm like I was a joke, right, to them? Because I'm a joke because they're so superior, right? You see this a lot in the world. They think people think they're superior because you are like they look at you and they're like, oh, look at this stupid unicorn, you know? Mm-hmm. But they're mistaken. It's not because a person looks a certain way that I don't have a lot of depth to me, you know, or like or any person for that matter. So I thought that was very difficult. I struggled with that. Although it was a short internship, but you could imagine I was doing this internship while I was at school. So I had to deal with these teachers. Oh my God. And I remember one of these teachers said to me, Oh, Valerie, if I could just build a corset and put you in there, so you would just do what you're told. If you say that to a person, you think they're going to be able to create? Mm. Not really. They were judging you because of your rainbow hair? No, no, no. They just, they were judging me probably because, well, probably, definitely because of my, uh, my way of thinking and it was all spiritual. For example, I wanted to make an Egyptian like um, ethnic costume, but like it wanted to, I wanted it to be like an ethnic historical costume. And they wanted me to make a costume that looked like a statue. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm sorry. But in my like visions, you know, that I have from the past, people were not walking around looking like statues. Right. I don't want to make statues. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make white clothing mm-hmm. because that's not what uh, ancient Egypt represents f- to me. Mm-hmm. I want to make how I see it. But of course, the mistake happened where I was starting to make how I saw it. Then I got criticized and I added items to my um, my well, outfit. The teacher. Oh, but of course I didn't because you can't because you, you don't know what they really want. And it's not about them. It's not their piece. It's your piece, you yeah. know. So I that was a that was a struggle. But it's OK. I can see this now. And either way, I have like 
parts of that costume that I'm like, that was great. I, I was able to translate my vision, but that's what it's about. It's art is all about translating your vision mm -hmm. and nobody should tell you that your vision is bad. All they can do is support you and push you towards translating your vision the best as possible. It might not be their style. It might not yeah. be their taste, but they don't have to say it's bad. Exactly. They just kind of got to let you be the freedom of your own expression. If it's coming from authenticity and a, and a good uh, perspective, especially if you're being original and different, I think that should be encouraged. It should be encouraged and it should have pushed that in me, you know, like, oh, you want to do this? Well, let's put it to the next level. But they didn't. They were just looking at it like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was not good for me. It was again, bad for my physical body. You know, I struggled because of that, but good for my willpower. Mm -hmm. I gained a lot of willpower there. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? You guys can walk all over me. You can do what you want. I, I know who I am. And actually I learned more of who I am. And then I was able to share that with other people. Nice. Don't change yourself. So when like what, like you got a master's in fashion uh, design. Did you do anything with it or how, how soon did it take for you to quit and see that that wasn't a path you wanted to do as a career? Well, I came to Canada, right? So um, I came to Canada and I worked for a few years, like three years. I worked for like a, a jewelry designer uh, and that was a very good experience. But again, even there, I noticed like a coldness, a detachedness. Um, yeah. Again, um, I'm better than you kind of attitude, definitely. Superior, the superiorness happened again there. And I was like, you know what? I don't need this. And also I don't need to work for anyone else. I just need to do my own thing. My, you know, I don't have to work for other people. So that's when I already stopped. I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter what I studied. It doesn't matter, you know? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be myself, my authentic self, and, and it will come towards me, whatever I need to do. So, that's when I just left it. And that was like 2012 when I actually decided, okay, I had enough. Mm -hmm. And that I graduated in 2008. And for me, it's like, I see this is not the direction I want to take. Right. It wasn't making you happy. Also, it doesn't make you less of an artist that you just don't want to work for in that field. You know, just... Yeah. You can study and then if the path is not enjoyable, fuck it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Do you ever exactly. feel like making clothes just for the fun of it or... You know, it's funny, I, uh, you really like I feel, couture, I remember. Yes. I like what I like the most is basically, um, textile. And it's funny cause I had a really beautiful teacher. Her name was Martine and she was always saying to me, she's like, Valerie, why are you studying fashion design? It's not your thing. You're a textile designer. And she was saying it to my dad. She's like, she's got to do textile. And she was right mm -hmm. because textile is my passion. I love like sewing like little details and and like embroidery and all kind of like stuff. making art with your hands exactly with the fabric. medium of fabric and buttons and crystals and yes or making. and even like sculpture you know like you make a sculpture then with that fabric that is more my thing because again you go in some kind of trance i'm sure like uh pattern designers and stuff they also go like pattern designers i mean like people that cut patterns and they put it together they get into a trance too but I go in a trance when I'm really like focused on a detailed piece of art, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's more my thing. And I have, I'm, I mean, I haven't done it for a bit now, but it's there, you know? Right. And I always have that itch to do it, you know? One of the first paintings you gave me was on a piece of fabric yes, it and was. it was like a fluorescent painting mm -hmm. and you had sewed in little uh, crystals, beads. beads into it. And I've never seen any else do that. I always thought it was special and I still have it in my home. Yeah. 
But uh, my favorite art that you do is your drawings. Yeah. So you're, you're like, as a visual artist, you would be a drawer with the medium of uh, color pencils. pencil. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, that is actually my favorite. If I have to choose between textile, fashion, all that stuff, it's going to be color pencil. Mm -hmm. Again, because I have a strong connection uh, to color, not just texture, but colors. Uh, colors make me the most happy. That's, you know, where I have colors in my hair and everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I love the color pencil drawing because, again, it's, it's trancy. You go into some kind of, you know, you dive in there and you lose yourself in the coloring. And it makes me feel closer to God. That's, mm -hmm. that's why I love that so much. Yeah. The, to the creator. And I, I feel part of a greater um, existence. And, that's, and I also feel like when I'm drawing like that, it's almost like I'm not drawing. It's like my soul is drawing, mm -hmm. which and sometimes I'm like, it's funny. Like I made a drawing once and I was just um, thinking about Hale Selassie because we made a painting right together. Right. And uh, I was just thinking about him and then I don't know him, of course, but I was just like um, connecting to his energy. Mm -hmm. And then I was like listening to a whole bunch of like reggae music and uh, I started drawing like African like uh, patterns and I wasn't even aware of that. I was like, yeah, 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 you know, drawing. You're just channeling Channeling the it, yeah. And I, I liked it. And I don't really care if something looks perfectly like um, realistic. Mm -hmm. I really care more about patterns, patterns You're about patterns. like energy yeah. manifestations or something. Yeah. Many portals, if anything. Yeah, that's what I want to do. And and I don't know if I should tell you what I, what, what I would like to do in the future, but like we can go there later too. You can tell me right yeah. now. Well, like, like what do in the future, like artistically speaking? Yeah, because okay, I like to, um, well, I talked to you about this before in the past, but of course life takes so many different directions and I've, I almost feel like I had to take certain pauses because of things that happened in my life, mm -hmm. but I've always had a vision of me uh, starting the color pencil thing again. So drawing color pencil, maybe some painting, um, but integrating astrology in there. Mm. So you look at somebody's chart you, you get a feel of the person, then you, you draw their face and it doesn't have to be perfectly real, realistic. You just have to tap into their energy and then you use the, the symbols, the astrological symbols, and you're creating a, a kind of home base for them. It's mm -hmm. like, um, because your astrological chart is your compass uh, of your life at this moment, and it's your compass, it's like a talisman. So if you create like a, a painting or a drawing of someone, and you incorporate all their like strong positions, you're creating a talisman for them and that will pull in good energy in their life. So that's what I would like right. to do. Nice. And I could use fabric, I could use crystals, because I'm all into that. It's kind of like a blueprint to the activation of their personal code. Yeah, it's like a protection, right? Because in this life, in this world right now, we're living at a very critical time when the energy is very dense and it's very difficult for people. So if anything people can use to, to like reinforce the higher self is needed, you know, like we need, we need this. Right. So that's why we're here to do this because bring light and force the light in, you know, like we don't, you know, the darkness is all like, blah, blah, blah. we're <laughs> like, you know what, <laughs> let's pull in this light and remember, remember who you are. 
remember who you are. It's important. Mm -hmm. And this is why I think this would be a good thing. Of right. course, I'm already panicking, like, oh, my God, how much energy is going to go into that? Because right. I'm such a... If, if you were to do that, it requires a certain budget. Because it's not yeah. only, like, the uh, you got to study the person, yeah. you got to get into their symbols, and yeah. then do an art piece, which should be a, a, a few thousand bucks at yeah. least. Because so. you're gonna, I'm going to be doing this, you know me. Mm -hmm. It takes me six hours to draw a little piece like this. It's right. just, no, it takes if forever. If you do it, you, you should get paid accordingly. So that's a specific yeah. budget. But I'm sure you will manifest that when the time is... Uh, right i remember when we did our collaboration the i did the king selassie alpha and you yeah. the queen menem omega yeah. it yeah. was because you needed to do a school project and you yes. wanted to visit me in canada so you told your, your people like oh i'm gonna go to canada and do a collaboration with this big artist yeah and then we'll do a skateboard <laughs> graphic and i was working for creation skateboards at the right. time so it ended up being a a double skateboard where each one of our pieces yeah and yeah. You did your drawing so well that you made my painting look like shit. In my humble opinion, you went so detailed and colorful that Queen Menem is like, whoa, shining. <laughs> and King Selassie is cool, but you did a better job. And it's like, holy oh. shit, like this Belgian girl just humbled me, mm. you know, artistically speaking. So I was a little bit bummed when you slowed down in the amount of drawings you were doing. Right, right, right. And thus why whenever I started making some money from my art, yeah. I took you to Italy to, right. to do the Amanda it's Sage wonderful. painting oil course in so the healing. mountains of, of Italy. Remember that? Uh, did, did you enjoy using oils and being in that environment? Yes, it was a great environment. The people that we met there were, I mean, they're not worried. They are amazing people and they're still in our lives. And I'm so grateful because that was a very hard time for me. You know, I'm not going to go into all the details of that time, but it was a difficult time for me and it was very healing. And we needed, we needed to paint um, a self-portrait, mm -hmm. which everybody should do. It doesn't matter whether you're a good drawer or not. Uh, it's very healing to look at yourself in a mirror for days in a row mm -hmm. and to draw yourself. And usually the drawing that you make of yourself is more you than the physical you right now. <laughs> it's like your soul portrait where your physical body means your, meets your soul. Mm -hmm. So what I liked about that, um, that trip um, is just that it was so interesting. I liked working with the oils. I definitely did. I love the glazes. I'm totally a person that loves color and I love the um, multi-dimensional colors in there. It was just, I'll never forget it. But the biggest thing that I learned there was to paint with light. Because many times when you make a drawing, you make a drawing like uh, you you are going to start making the shadows, right? To make a face. But no, the, this technique is all about light. Mm -hmm. So it's that's what I loved so much about it, you know, yeah. and building building it up. The Mish technique. The Mish technique, yes. Yeah. And it's funny because it kind of, you know, comes from my own country, Belgium, right? The the great masters. So Right, Jan Van Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's um it was very interesting the build up, layer after layer after layer. And every time you could accentuate something else. And and it's it's almost like us, you know, like uh, as human beings, we get many lifetimes. And we become, we have layers and layers and layers and we become more and more like super colorful beings, right? Mm -hmm. And the same in our psychology. We have many layers. And the more layers you have, the more shiny you are. Mm -hmm. That's that's what I learned in that technique. Would I still do it? Uh, yes, but I probably would have to come to see you and be like, hey, could you remind me? Because, uh, uh, you know, like just to well, help me out. I never really did the Mish technique too much past that workshop. Like I had already my whole technique 
going when I decided to go and do the workshop with a, it was not just Amanda Sage, it was Amanda Sage, Lawrence Carana, Maura Holden, Maura Holden, and, Gonzalez? The, and the Andrew Gonzalez was teaching airbrush. So it was all these Incredible. masters and I just love learning new things. Yeah. Even if I didn't continue doing it, I, I know how to do it now. And sometimes I incorporate different things and different paintings when it's needed, when I need right. something to look more spectral or ghostly. I'll use that. So yeah, it was uh, something that I really appreciate doing with you. And I, I loved seeing you painting and oils. Yeah. And I loved it. And I'm happy to hear that you already have plans for the future to keep on yeah. doing uh, I have to. art. I, I have to. Yeah, you're really good. I think you should. But, but even if I wasn't, right? It, it's not about sure. being good. It's just about it's needed in this world. Right. It's too sterile. And uh, like I said, it's, it's, it's just I have to do it. Mm-hmm. So art was healing for you at that time. I remember yeah. that when I took you to Italy, it was right after you had had uh, thyroid cancer and got your, you know, your thyroid removed from your neck. So you're still recuperating. And then you went to Italy to be in nature to, you know, have that healed up. Um, so you've had some health issues in your life. Has uh, And art's been one of the, the medicines for you, but you've yeah. had to, really, you've been forced to look for an array of medicines in your life, including uh, food and aromatherapy and sound therapy and et cetera, et cetera. Right, let's, yeah. let's start with food. Food is have become very important for you. You work at a health food store. Yeah. Um, when we first started hanging out, you were into health food store we, 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 or <laughs> health food. We're into like, you know, drinking Coca-Cola all night and painting <laughs> yeah. and, and, and fuck it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's now funny. you're like, what, what, what's your diet now? Well, I still eat vegan, you know? I, 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 um, I don't eat anything animal um, and I feel much better that way. I also don't want to contribute to the suffering of the animals. And I, you know, it's funny because the longer that you not eat any animal products, the more you feel um, compassion towards them. And um, yeah, it just... I mean, for me, it works like that. I don't know if it's for other people in the same way, but again, different people do different things and that's fine, you know, because we all do our efforts in different areas. But for me, I have to do this for myself too, for my health. Mm -hmm. I have to do this, but it's not just for my health. It's about, um, also it's about animal liberation, right? So I'm not perfect, <laughs> but I do not eat animal products. So, um, Yeah. Uh, it is important for my health. I love like uh, a lot of vegetables and fruits and herbs. Organic. And organic, yes. Raw. Um, I cannot always eat fully raw because I mean, personally, I'm living in Canada. It's cold in the winter, and I notice that every time I eat like raw produce and stuff, that my temperature drops a lot. My mm -hmm. my physical temperature, and it also makes the uh, the liver stagnant. So, to always be eating raw in a in a cold climate like this bad idea mm -hmm. so soups are important teas um stews superfoods yeah superfoods of course you know a lot of supplements uh, supplements yeah depending you have to be careful with supplements if you over supplement, you're also taxing your liver you have to be careful you have to pick wisely and you have to change it at times you can't just always use the same things okay. and you also have to know that you can use like essential oils you can put them you can apply them onto your body and they'll help your organs people forget about that 
that you can actually put essential oils in a carrier oil and then you rub it on your belly and wherever you have but pains. But not drink or, it. No. Um, there's some people that, you know, take it internally a little bit, but I wouldn't recommend to do that too much because it's so concentrated, you know. Mm -hmm. It's almost like it's better to like um, take teas or like, you know, like herbal supplements like the leaf, but the essential oil is so concentrated, I would recommend putting it on the external body. It works, it will absorb into your body anyways, but in a different way. It's not going through the digestive system. How does essential oil help? Like, how does a smell help one be healthier? How does that work? Oh, the smell, um, well, the smell it will lift your spirit again. Uh, it will help your emotional body because we don't only have a physical body, we have an emotional body, a mental body, and different oils work in different realms, you know? Like, for example, if somebody has a lot of sadness, uh, they can like rub some rose oil under palms of their hands and palms of, uh, you know, the, the palms of their feet. The bottoms of their <laughs> the feet. The bottom. <laughs> Jesus. Anyways. Um, and that will release the emotional tension that somebody is feeling, you know. Or if somebody has like a lot of heaviness and they want to uh, connect with the earth more and they want to relax and calm down, they can use like a spikenard, which is an ancient oil that... Uh, was used on Jesus of Nazareth, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, there's some really beautiful ancient ancient oils that connect us to old times and can release like heaviness and or can show you your shadows. So it's not mm -hmm. just it's for almost physical. Like a crystal. Yeah, totally. I would actually call uh, spikenard the obsidian of the essential oils. Mm -hmm. You can totally connect um, crystals with essential oils. They work together because they come from nature. And it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a nature spirit thing, you know, mm -hmm. and you can use them so that you can connect yourself more with nature and your nature, right? which is very, very beneficial. Nice. So yeah. you touched on obsidian and crystals. Like yeah. what's, you know, some people say that crystals are bullshit, you know, like what's the deal with crystals? How does a crystal heal you or help you? Well, crystal is a vibration, you know, where uh, it's... They're crystallized, right? Like um, they're special. It's like their energy is slow, but it, it built up over a very long time. And then, it, it, yeah, it's like a vibration. And you can feel it if you become very quiet and if you're open to it. But in this world, we're so focused on everything to be concrete and it has to be super clear. Like you want to feel it like, you know, like, but crystals don't work that way. They're subtle. They're subtle. They're more subtle. Their energy is subtle. You have to be quiet and you have to receive that energy that way. It's just very different. But everything that nature creates is, is magical. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I've used many crystals. I've also worked in a crystal store. So I was able to every day when I was working and I, when I wasn't feeling well, I would try different crystals. Mm -hmm. And even like me, I, I was skeptical at times. Like, oh yeah, you know, how much does it really do? But then when I would get like really strong reactions, like for example, there was this giant piece of obsidian in her store and I would like just grab it to move it around. As soon as I moved, grabbed it, I was like, Ugh. you know, I started feeling it in my, in, my, in my stomach. It was crazy. And I felt that in other moments too, where for example, I feel sad, I grab a crystal, I walk around with it. And after 20 minutes, suddenly I feel like there's like this being that puts his hand on my shoulder and is like, it's going to be okay. Mm. And it's the crystal, you know, like it's... Would you say that normal people can pick that up or is it because you got a little bit more of a psychic opening to your personal being? I think everyone can pick it up, if, but they just have to be still and just be aware. Uh, be aware of the nuances, you know. It's a subtle healing, you know. 
Um, but can everybody, of course, everybody is magical. Everyone is a divine being. So yes, everyone can do it. But for some people, it might be easier than for other people. Mm-hmm. But if people want to um, try different crystals, the the quartz, quartz is a clear quartz, um, that is the most um, easy to feel would be the Nirvana quartz. If people really want to feel crystal, they can just pick up a piece of Nirvana quartz. It's hard to find. It doesn't have to be big. It just be a little stone and they feel it and it, it buzzes in your hand. It's mm-hmm. very strong. So if you use that, then you might, you know, be like, oh, maybe this is real, you know? <laughs> what other crystals, like say if somebody was to go to a crystal store and they want to pick like four to five crystals to like enhance their vibration, their being, their home, what, what, what do you recommend? Well, I, if, if it's their home and the vibration of their home, I would recommend Apophilite. I say it in French. It's funny because this is a French city. Apophilite or Apophilite. I don't know if you say it like that, but mm-hmm. it's a crystal that pulls in light in your home. It turns into like a beam of light. It really cleanses the energy. Selenite, of course. Selenite is a, a very popular crystal. It's inexpensive. It's easy to find. It's an angelic crystal it lifts the energy as well and it cleans the energy it's so important because with all the negativity and electromagnetic radiation it's important to have these crystals around so these two crystals i would say are very important rose quartz of course to bring in uh, like love to accentuate the love vibration opens the heart it opens the heart it's something that everyone should have um what else could be used i would also say like certain crystals again obsidian Obsidian because um, it just absorbs the negative energy. It just removes negative energy, which is great. But it also reflects your shadow. Yes, right? it does. But if you put it in your home, you're not like having it on your on your body. It's just going to absorb the negative energy, mm-hmm. which uh, I think is good. It's volcanic stone rock, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very special. Um, so I would recommend people to have that in their house. And then of course, like, and depending on what kind of person you are, you could use seraphinite, which is like. Um, an angelic stone. I think it's always good to bring in angelic, angelic-like energies. Mm-hmm. You could also use a quartz that has a little bit of chlorite in it, which is very healing for the body. That's good too. Um, There's just so many crystals. Tourmaline, tourmaline again against ne- negative um, or like the um, magnetic, like electromagnetic yeah, black pollution. Tourmaline, uh, it absorbs the electromagnetic. So like I always have that by my computer. Yeah, that's and, good. And you know, and shungite, shungite that everybody knows that the the Russian stone that is the same. It's even stronger than tourmaline, actually. I love labradorite because it uh, attracts positivity. It's an artist stone, and it's a beautiful stone too. Yeah. So yeah, there's just so many. We could keep on going on and on and on about. So really, crystals are our friends, and we should, you know. This one's beautiful. I That's, have what yeah. was it? what fluorite. is this? fluorite? Fluorite. Yeah, I'm holding a piece of fluorite as well mm-hmm. because it's good, and it, we need uh, our hearts to open and connect more to, you know universal love so this is a crystal for that and that's mm. fluorite it's the same thing but fluorite comes in like uh different colors mm-hmm. so uh but like i prefer the green one that's a really nice so that's what i'm holding because that's what i want to focus on today this so kind of topic you've used 
crystals and aromatherapy, like essential oils. You and you got a shitload. Like it's just like an yeah, army. Yeah, I have an, I have a little bit of an essential oil obsession. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you you like uh, put it in the air with yes. diffusers mm -hmm. and a little bit on your skin. Nebulizer because it's you have different devices. Yeah. Once again, you're like you know you're orchestrating the vibrations of your home exactly. and of your body. Mm -hmm. Some might protect you while you go out in the world. I oh think, yes. Uh, it's the Kananga water. The Kanang the Kananga water too that you use. All right. That's, that's an Ilang. That's Ilang essential oil. Oh really? Yes. That's Kananga shamanic perfume is an it's, essential it's oil. It's Ilang. It's Ilang. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, because it's ylang, it's derived from ylang, so ylang ylang is like a kind of essential oil. And that cleans your vibe. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly protective. Wow, cool. Yeah. Because so, that's what we use when we go into ayahuasca ceremony, yeah. like when you're drinking, you just like bathe yourself in it, or if you're going through some shit, I'll just like put it on and be like, and it lifts me up and yeah. takes away my nausea. Oh, it does actually, that's incredible. Yeah. When, so, I, yeah. when I got to so, take the second cup of ayahuasca, I have a really hard time not throwing up because I'm already sick and then yeah. you drink this disgusting thing a second time and I throw it up right away not allowing me to get it in my system so that's when I rub the agua de cananga or the florida yeah. on me and allows me to like not be so nauseated. Yeah, and that's interesting. But in. I use the Kananga water when I feel like I'm under attack and sometimes I put it on even on days that I'm... I feel normal, but then I go somewhere and then I feel attacked. So I'm like, oh, it's good I put it on, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, I just follow my intuition when it comes to that. get to talk about sound healing in the interview no that's uh, another kind of healing that you do right tell me a little bit about it um well sound is vibration and it's just uh it's a great form of like 
How do you say I would explain? It just makes you... Tuning yourself. Yeah, tuning yourself. Yeah, I was trying to find the words because I'm like stuck in my... Well, trance. I understand because I always feel like Herbert's trying to tune me. He also uses bowls and ayahuasca ceremonies sometimes. When I'm out of sorts, he's like sitting in front of me and he starts playing all the bowls and I can feel how like it's like rearranging my vibration back to... Um, yeah, that's it. And basically, Balance. when you ring the bowls and you stand in front of them and you're very much in your head or you're struggling or you have pain or you have a physical ailment and you stand in front of it and you ring it and you ring it and you ring it. It's very intense. That's why I picked the bigger ones because they vibrate so much stronger. It, mm. You can feel your whole chest. Right. And so you, it's almost like your cells have no option but to vibrate the way you ask them to vibrate. This is like, this is a bowl that connects to the second chakra and this one connects to the heart. So I, I, I wanted these bowls specifically because mm -hmm. I was working on the heart. Actually, it's not exactly the heart, it's the heart and between heart and throat, so to speak with like um, from the heart, to speak from the heart. And then the second chakra will just like, you know, my reproductive system, taking care of it, my emotions. So when I get really uh, like this, I just go and I do this. Mm, clear the energy. And then you have this little fine one here, which is very simple. With this, you can go into your energy. You can just bring in some like lighter vibrations. Oops, that was. <laughs> and then you got the forks too, huh? Yeah, the tuning forks. And this one too. That actually, that was your friend who introduced me to that, uh, Elena. Elena. It's also very nice. And when they put it on your head or your forehead, sometimes it's intense. Yeah. And there's different ones. There's ones that you can connect to certain organs, you know, but you have to know what you're doing again. But it's very good to have these. And it's funny that also animals react to these, like my cat. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, you have um, different forks that there's like the, the healing one, the earth one. I mean, there's certain frequencies I forgot already because I have so much stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. I work more with the bowls now than with the forks. I, mean, I used to work with the forks more than with the bowls. So like, but it doesn't matter because you can use these things at different moments mm -hmm. for different reasons. So you go back. It's same with buying books. You can buy a bunch of books that you're not reading right now, but you're reading them later. But you have them there mm -hmm. uh, as a physical you... reminder, like, hey, it's time to read me. Mm -hmm. So Sick. yeah, good job. Yay. So let's go back to food because food is so important. Array eats food. Mm. It almost seems like if we really want to make the world a better place, we start with ourselves, but we have mm. to start with the things that we eat and also the places where we invest our money. It's almost like we're voting right. towards the world that 200. we want to see. Tell me more about your philosophies about food and what's in its importance. Well, it's very important because what you eat, you will become. If you're always filling yourself up with a whole bunch of alcohol, burgers, meat, you're, you're basically filling yourself up with death. And I really like what Mark Passio has to say about this. If anyone, if you guys want to listen to Mark Passio, he's talking about, okay, I'm now going to talk about animals again, mm -hmm. um, but uh, and I'm not like a crazy activist or anything. It's just something that I learned that I thought was important and you're asking me about food, so. Yeah, no, um, tell us like your, your truth. Our, our sisters and our brothers are not our food. Their sister and brothers, they have the right to live just like we do, and they're not our food. And um, like Mark Passio says, like as long as the blood of the animals that are slaughtered is flowing on the altars of earth, no human being shall be free. And I agree with that. Right. It's, it's just true. bad karma. Like even it's if we're just eating terrible. it and there's like some kind of compassionate exchange, 
It's like, okay, I'm going to use your energy to do something good for the earth. If there's that yeah. consciousness, it's not so bad. But we were just like straight up like, yes. give me more burgers. Put these animals in cages and slaughter them in horrible ways. That's terrible karma on, on, on humans. Yes. We deserve yeah. not And, and not to one. forget also like just the people... Like, they put all these animals in slaughterhouses, these poor, poor animals. It's so unfair. Uh, their liberty taken away. They're, they have no power over their own life. They're alive. They're, they're like divine beings, just like us. But somehow, we're better than them or something. It makes no sense. But people think that the suffering and the sadness and the fear that these animals go through doesn't affect the world. Oh my God, it affects the world so much, so much. You're eating the sadness. And, and then the they're stress. eating the sad. They're eating decomposing right? Decomposing flesh. Like mm -hmm. how... That has been stressed vibrationally yeah. for like... And it was... Wow. And, and the animal was grown just to eat its meat. Mm -hmm. And then of course people say, well, yeah, well, that's very nutritious. Well, yeah, it's nutritious. You're eating the flesh of someone else. Mm -hmm. It's not your flesh it's to eat. It's kind of vampiric. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's carnism, right? They call this carnism. And I, I think personally, but again, people want to eat meat. I, I'm not like um, attacking anyone who eats meat. Okay, like this is not what I want to do. That's not my mission. I, I, I want to spread love, not like you got it, this, you got it. It's just so let's focus on like, why is it good to have a plant-based diet? What's the positive side of eating plants? Well, the positive side is that you're just nourishing your cells, you know, in a more, in a better way. You know, if you're eating plants, it's just so much better to do than just to be eating like dead materials. It's alive, you know. But what I think that uh, human beings should be eating the most um, or fruits, nuts, seeds, and of course plants. But I think there's something about uh, fruits uh, because if you think about karma and the planet and you have all these trees that are growing and everything, uh, if you need to kill something or destroy something in order to eat, you're causing some kind of unbalance. You're causing a footprint, right? But what God has given us naturally is fruit. It Literally, the tree throws it at you. Please mm -hmm. eat me. Yeah. It's actually the reproductive tissue of a plant. That's what fruit is, actually. So mm. it helps your reproductive tissue as well. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, I think there's less karma in eating a lot of fruit. I, and, you know, it's like um, Freely. I, I look at Freely stuff. I don't know if any one of your uh, friends look at Freely, but Freely talks about this. She says that we're frugivores, and I agree. We should be eating plants, fruits, seeds, and nuts. And seeds and nuts, same thing. It's given to you. You don't hurt anything for it. You know, you take the nut, you eat it, that's it. The animals are doing the same thing, you know. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you can't eat plants, other plants, you, you know, but you, you are killing them by eating them. But it's, it's just more beneficial for your being. It's not like killing another sentient being. Well, they have no nerve endings. They're not really suffering so much, per se. No, it's different. And their consciousness is, not that they don't have consciousness, but it's less aware of like, you know, like, oh shit, I just got cut. Well, it's just, it, they, have, they have consciousness. It's just that it's a different consciousness and it's not a mammal, you know? It, does, mm -hmm. doesn't, it doesn't bleed the same. Right. <laughs> so you're not, it's not a sacrifice that you're doing mm -hmm. in the same way. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's important to eat a lot of fruit. And of course, now there's all the fruit fear, right? People are afraid of sugar, sugar, sugar. But this is also a hidden agenda. They don't want you to eat fruit. They don't, because they know that fruit is super anti-cancer. It's super good for your, for your cells. The sugar in fruit is not the same as like corn syrup sugar. Mm -hmm. This is a, it just really always makes me very sad when I watch um, people talk about this stuff and they just want people to go on a high fat diet. And it's like, but that's not what human beings were intended to eat. Yes, of course, eat things in balance, totally fine. But don't tell people not to eat fruit. Since when 
has food been bad? Think about it in our history. Right. Never so anyone natural. has said that it's bad. And they've done all these studies and people eating a lot of fruit and all they saw was benefits. Nobody got diabetes from eating too much fruit. Right. Look at Freely's blood tests. She ain't got no diabetes and she's mm -hmm. almost only fruit. Why do the, the powers that be want to keep people unhealthy? It makes them more money. And uh, it's actually, but it's not just that. You know, if you think about it, People tell you a bunch of lies or different things, and then you have to go inside. You shouldn't be always like looking externally to listen to what people are telling you what you should do. You should go inside and be like, does this resonate with what I, what my body needs? And this is why I'm saying some people eat meat and, and it might be totally fine for them because they go inside and say, this is what I need. This right. is what makes me feel better. This mm -hmm. makes me feel like I can do my mission better. Right. Fine. And that's good. Don't listen to all these people because they'll say, this is the way to be or that's the way to be. Yeah. It's uh, an individual thing. Yeah, it's an individual thing. But it is a fact, though. That and we got to be conscious about it, though. Be conscious about it. Be grateful of, of your food. Be aware of what you're eating. Uh, pick wisely. Try not to eat too much processed food because that's one trap, of course. You say, yeah, but I feel like I need to eat a lot of processed foods. That's good for me. Well, it's not. The uh, human beings have added additives so that it becomes addictive. And usually when you're addicted to something, it's because something was added that wasn't good for you and mm. then you're addicted to it. Nobody's ever going to be addicted to fruit in the same way. Like, I have to have my fix of 15 bananas, you know? Yeah. No, you just eat it because it, it feels good. And, and then, you know, we raised the squirrel together. The squirrel is so smart, right? Like one day I gave him like banana, we gave him banana, and the next day he didn't want the banana. He wanted something else. And then and like two days after, then he was into banana again. This guy knew better than us mm -hmm. that you need variety. Right. <laughs> you don't have to eat the same thing every day. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make you healthier, you know? Totally. But, you can we, it out. but we have to build up our immune system now more than ever. And mm -hmm. the, the powers that be, all they talk about is vaccinations. And they don't talk about strengthening your immune system, which is key. If your terrain is healthy, you're not going to become ill because it's not going to survive in a healthy terrain. And a right. happy human being that eats healthy food, that takes good care of their immune system, is not going to get sick like that, mm -hmm. you know? You know, the, the immune system drops when people have emotional reactions, when people eat bad foods, when they are exposed to a whole bunch of pollutants. That's how the immune system drops. But we have to work on that, you know? That's why there are crystals. That's why there are essential oils. Right. That's we, why there are all these good foods. We like, gotta do our homework to find how to become healthy again. And yeah. there's so many tools and things out there. The so world many. has all the options. And it seems like sometimes we just want that easy way out. Like, oh, just give me my vaccine so I can go back to normal life. It's like, yeah, man, but like, who yeah. knows what's in that vaccine? Like, like maybe some heavy metals or something that's going to make you even more sick at the end. So then they can send, sell you even more cures or magic yeah. pills. And the big exactly. pharma just makes more money out of the unhealthy, sad humanity. That's not how we should live. No. You know? And also, like, the thing is that there's vaccines that came into this world by uh, human beings that were beautiful human beings. So I don't want to be like, anti I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm just saying certain people made vaccines to help other people. And there, I've heard of, like, doctors that created a vaccine and they didn't want any money for it. They didn't want any recognition. They just made it because they were tired of seeing people suffer. Now, that is a good way to go about it. Again, nothing is ever completely black or completely white. There's different, you know, like points of view, right? So if you're making a vaccine and you're not filling it up with a whole bunch of negative, like other crap that you're adding to the vaccine, it could be helpful, yes. But the thing is the vaccine or the situation that's happening right now 
It's not innocent. It's not made to, uh, in my opinion, it's not made to be like humanitarian and friendly and oh, I want to help the people. If you have like, uh, like COVID right now, if you have like 99.8% of people who survive COVID, you're going to tell me everybody, everyone has to be vaccinated? Right. Especially really? when the, like, first of all, they say it takes like eight years to get a vaccine that works. It's not yeah. even been a year. Eight to 10. Right. And already they're like, oh, the vaccine is coming in a year. It's like, whoa, that's unrealistic and it's that's dangerous. There. It's already there. Right. And when they did tests recently, it's almost like, what, like 80% were actually getting negative reactions to exactly. it. Exactly. Uh, so it's like, okay, so you're getting a vaccine that 80% of people get sick from to cure a virus that doesn't even affect 1%. How does that make any sense? And why is everybody just running to the vaccine? Yeah, know. and the percentages, like um, like my partner Adder was explained to me, the percentages don't add up. You like start calculating, like, Ugh, no, you're gonna kill more people, and these are gonna be casualties to them. Oh yeah, some people are gonna die. Oh, seven hundred thousand people are gonna die, or they're gonna be messed up for life for taking the vaccine. For taking the vaccine, mm -hmm. and people just blindly, you know, like we should be very critical. Right. We How do we stop critical. that? How do we tell them like, no, we, we don't want a vaccine. We just want the government to promote healthiness and good food and maybe even ban Monsanto and shit that's yeah. actually made us unhealthy. Yes, I agree. And the government, the first thing they should do instead of like just masking everyone is um, they should um, invest in immune support. Send people packages of like things to boost the immune system, make your people stronger. And then because everybody will get COVID, I know it always mutates, but like if you get everyone gets COVID and then everybody becomes stronger, you have, what is it like herd immunity, herd immunity. Uh, but you, you have to um, make the immune system stronger. And for that, I love listening to Dr. Shiva Yadurai, who is like a warrior. Please look at him. Uh, he talks, he's very smart. He has a PhD. He has like, um, he created He this... invented the email. Yeah, he did. He didn't get credit for no, it because no, he didn't go typical. to MR. It's typical. Yeah. It's, it's typical. People are always poo-pooing on it as if the powers that be are always right. As mm -hmm. if they're always right. Oh, no, he didn't do it with someone else. This happens all the time. Right. These guys always want their guys to be the ones to take the 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 profit or right. the name or the fame since, for it. And since they own the media and the fact checkers... They exactly. get to own the truth. Exactly. <laughs> so you got to be careful. But this guy is amazing. He's amazing. He's a, he's a powerful, a powerful man, you know, and he has a great voice. I love listening to him and listening to him will help us. I wish the world would listen to him. Mm -hmm. And he says vaccinations are not the solution. They're actually part of the problem. Not only, you know, these kind of vaccinations. And it, we would have to take a new vaccination every year. And it's like... If you don't take the vaccination, you don't have to take it, but you won't be able to travel. You won't be able to go to your gym. You won't be able... What ridiculousness you is this? You lost your freedom to it's, exist anymore. So it's forced. It's forced. Your body is your temple. It is your birthright to do with it what you want. Nobody should inject you with anything, for, especially for something that doesn't kill that many people doesn't in the end. It's like the, I mean, the yes, hysteria that's been created of such a weak virus and everybody's gobbling it up. And this is no judgment on anybody. No. But we really got to be careful. And we have to have this conversation. We do. 
We have to have this conversation because people have to think for themselves and look at the facts, you know? The media is just pumping out fear yeah. and making everybody like, yeah, do whatever you want. I don't want to die. I don't want to kill my yeah. parents. It's like, exactly. Oh, and of course, people do die. And I, I know people who are in the hospital, for example. I know it's, it's not like it's nothing. But the percentage of deaths, you know, it's just not very high. It's not like a disease that kills like 30% of the population. It's not worth fucking up the world and losing all our freedoms and, and getting yearly vaccinations that are also not good for us. Like the, no, the trade-off is a terrible trade-off. And the fact, you know, the thing is, it's good that there is something like that available so that people can choose. But again, it should be a choice. It right. shouldn't be forced. Your body is, if you, even, if you don't even have the right to, to choose over your own body, like in what happens to it, you are cattle. You are just like the animals. Like, again, you're cattle. They don't care about you. You're nothing to them. Mm-hmm. And this is how we treat the animals. That's how we eat them as well. It's the same thing. Yeah. Why do you think it's important for us to have this conversation about vaccines and, you know, for people not to just dismiss us and put us in the box of conspiracy theorists and you're an idiot and, and leave me alone. I'll just listen to what TV tells me. Like, what's the danger in that? Well, it's just a danger that you're just always like, you're, you're not being critical and you're not actually asking questions. You should always ask questions, especially when it's about your own body. You know, you have to be careful. And it's good that there's people out there that actually are questioning everything. We need the rebels <laughs> mm-hmm. because otherwise they'll be like, oh, these people they are so easy. We can do whatever we want with them. Right. For yeah? me, I never really trusted the media. The media is owned by the corporations and they've always lied to us as to mold public opinion to benefit the corporations that own the, the technocrats. Media. Yeah. Right. And why would that be different now? All of a sudden, what the media turned good and they're here to rescue us and stuff like no. that does not resonate with me. No. And, the, and there's no, there's nothing that brainwashes more than the media. Right. They're it's trying to control truth and the narrative of what's happening in society right now. We really got to be careful and we really got to observe these things and we got to listen to a, a ray of experts, not just their owned experts. <laughs> and they do not own the truth. Right, totally. Yeah. Well, let's get into other kinds of healing. So in, 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 in your search for health and happiness, mm. you've yeah. got into other kinds of healing, like you got into hypnotherapy at one point, right? Yeah, that's correct. And uh, you studied different kinds of hypnotherapy too, right? Correct. Yeah, I started first with the, like, um, the general hypnotherapy, just to understand a little bit what it is. Mm-hmm. And that was very interesting. And then I was like, oh, I, I discovered Dolores Cannon. And uh, this lady who has passed away, I think it was 2014 that she passed away. But she's a remarkable, she was a remarkable lady. She is a remarkable soul. Um, and uh, You she, studied her technique. Yeah, and st- the day you graduated, I think, was the day she died. No, actually, the day that I started studying her technique, oh. she died. Okay. That was crazy. Uh, that was, I think, October or something, 2014. And I remember listening to the classes and becoming very emotional of everything that was being said. This lady worked her, you know, almost her whole life, you know, she worked on this technique. It's called uh, quantum healing hypnosis technique. Mm-hmm. And basically what it is, is that it um, makes people see like you put somebody under hypnosis and then you go see their past lives. And it doesn't matter whether you believe in past lives or not. You're going to just see visions in that case. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whatever you're seeing is beneficial for the time of now. And then once you're really deep in hypnosis, you know, then um, the hypnotherapist will ask your higher self questions. And it's funny because your the higher self starts talking in the third person like they're talking about you. 
but mm. it's, it's something really trippy. Right. But uh, like serious questions can be asked and the person gets straight answers coming out of their own mouth, which is brilliant. And hypnotherapist is just basically a person that helps you, guides you and helps your higher mind talk to yourself through your own mouth. Mm. <laughs> but the hypnotherapist has to like um, interview you for hours to know everything there is to know about your life. Last all day that those sessions. Oh my goodness, it's an eight hour. I remember mine was like an eight hour conversation, and then and then hypnotherapy. And by then, I will never forget. I had to go to the bathroom before I had to um, have my session done. I peed for like I don't know. It was almost like a two minute straight pee. Uh, I never peed so much. I was like, what is going on? And um, so it's kind of getting ready for you to yes. just go down for a while. Yeah, your higher self starts working like very strongly. Actually, as soon as you make the appointment, stuff started happening. I started having dreams of old friends and, and partners from the past. And I was like, oh my goodness, you know, it starts working through you right away because, you know, uh, your higher self is like, okay, you're ready to like clean up some stuff. Let's do it, you know. Mm -hmm. And then you start seeing things like during my session. It's funny because I thought during my session I was going to start seeing uh, human life and whatever, human things. But it wasn't human at all. I was like a, a plant spirit, a nature spirit. Oh, wow. And I was creating um, colors and scents and, and plants. And it was so trippy. I was like, I can't believe this. And, and it really happens like some naturally. Like kind of elf or nymph? Yeah, an elf. Yeah. I, and, and I was explaining to, her, to the hypnotherapist what I was doing. I was saying uh, I'm seeding creation, I'm creating colors, plants, and I'm taking little particles of uh, humidity and water and I bring it to where it's needed and I inject it with my creative vision. Super cool. And, and but I'm just saying this and while I'm saying this, I'm like, oh my Sounds God. Sounds super <laughs> trippy, but I remember when you were learning under her, you had to listen to like a bunch of yeah, different examples. sessions that yeah. she was interviewing different people. And there was some really trippy past lives and sometimes future lives that yes. will come through like alien lives yep. yes and and yeah i was i was painting Incredible. while i'm listening to you study and i was like always fascinated by the information yeah. that would come through the oversoul that there was always at the end of the session the yeah. higher being yeah. would come through and mm -hmm. break it down yeah very oh yeah and and the people like some people would come in with like terrible diseases and the diseases are usually just your reaction to where you're going in this life. It's like, ah, oh, wrong direction. You know, some illnesses create out of, you know, that issue, basically. And um, so we had a lot of like examples on that one. So there was a lady, for example, who had like back problems. And during the session, you could start hearing her back pop into place. I'm like, what is going on? You know, like I, I never saw anything like this. Crazy. And there was a lot of sessions also with Dolores Cannon would start talking to a being that would come in through every different person. Like imagine she has like hundreds and hundreds of people she would hypno, hypnotize. And then every session through this different person, this being is coming through to tell her, okay, this is, here's your next chapter for your book. Mm -hmm. Is it craziness? <laughs> Something that I found yeah. really interesting about Dolores Cannon is her theory that around this time or mm -hmm. at some point where humanity is supposed to evolve yeah the new earth two different yeah. parallel realities are happening where like if you vibrate high and positive you'll go to the positive future yeah. the new earth where humanity got liberated and we come good Correct. but if you focus on negativity you might go into the apocalyptic world where exactly. shit went wrong yeah. And it, it seems like these days that like, you can be standing right next to a different a person right. in the same physical realm, 
but your perceptions of reality are so different. It's almost like in two different parallel realities where their parallel reality is like, this world's about to be destroyed. And my parallel reality is like, no, humanity is waking up and we're facing our shadow, but it's so that we can evolve and become exactly. the light that we're supposed to be. Yeah, because people take it very literal, right? They're like, oh yeah, there's two planets and this and that. I don't see it as two planets. It's exactly how I see it, like you're saying it, is that it, it happens simultaneously, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, but it's important, that's why it's important that we have these conversations and that we talk to people and that we keep our minds open and keep our hearts open. Oh my goodness, there's so much hate going on right now. Mm -hmm. So much hate and people think, because they're righteous, right, about certain uh, topics. They think, oh, I'm right about this, so I'm going to hate this person or this ideology or this group of people. And you're never better when you're hating someone. doesn't matter who it is. Really, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. If there was one thing that I've learned from my, from my parents and my dad specifically, is like he had a very uh, like big group of friends, people that he knew, very colorful, very different, right? And um, he was always so forgiving to people. And it didn't matter if the person was a criminal or a poor person or this or that person. He always gave people chances. And that's what I've always seen coming from him. So this is how I am today because of his influence. Right. And, uh, and I've had an, another, you know, like uh, I have like um, a friend from Belgium. He's very spiritual, Marijan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Marijan always taught me, be mild. Be mild to people. You do not know their lives. You haven't walked in their shoes. You don't know. Mm -hmm. Be kind. It's really not that difficult, you know? Right. And don't hate. Don't feel good about calling somebody, you know, all the negative words because you feel like you're righteous, you know? You're right. not any better. You're not any better. And that is not love. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I care about you, so you should think this way. That's not love. Mm -hmm. No. Totally. Well, I agree with that. It's time for us to not divide and fight each other. It's time yeah. for us to unite and really find how we can move forward into a better planet and leave behind the negativity that's been dividing us so that they can rule us. So you brought up Mary Jan. Can yeah. you tell us a little bit about Mary Jan? And she's been working with you since you were like, what, 14 years 16. old? 16. 16. Yeah, it was incredible. Like I met her and, and um, she, I think she was just like turning 60 or something at the time. And um, she started talking about my auntie who had passed away and that oh, she was in the room and that she's always she had always been there for me. She's a psychic healer. Yeah, she's a psychic healer. And she's she has a very strong like love vibration, you know, like she's when she smiles, it's like all this light comes out of her face. And she's a brilliant woman, you know, brilliant. And she's so humble and simple, but so beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I had that beautiful example as soon as I was 16 years old. I was so lucky, you know. So every time I had a problem or a question or a big event in my life, I just connected with Mary Jan, you know. She's like my, my soulmate, you know. Mm -hmm. like, You're, she's being like your guide. My guide, yeah. And we know each other. I'm her guide. She's my guide. Of course, in this life, she's totally my, my guide. But we learn from each other. We share a lot of things. And I love that she always keeps me on the right path because I'm a very much a firecracker. I'm very opinionated. I can be judgmental. I'm... Uh, but she always says, Valerie, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> she's like that sweet voice that always reminds me, like, be kind, keep your heart open. It's all about the heart, you know. Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah. Something that she was good at, because I had some sessions with her, too, mm -hmm. when I would go to Belgium, is like she's good or she's sometimes allowed to see into the past lives right. that we've had to kind of understand, like, yo, why do I got this trauma? Why am I insecure about this like that? And she'd be like, oh, because in a past life, you were totally humili humiliated in this way. She's reminded you of some of your past lives, maybe some lives yeah. as a witch. Mm -hmm. And in one of them, 
uh, you were uh, the family of Agnaton. Mm -hmm. You got a big connection to Egypt. Yes, I did. You want to tell us a little bit about your connection with Egypt and Agnaton? Yeah, sure. Like I was like, well, already when I was like a small child, eight years old, I was like obsessed with Egypt. Of course, there's a lot of children that are obsessed, <laughs> but um, I guess um, for different, I mean, people have lived in different places in the world. They have different incarnations, right? So, but for me, it came up pretty early when I was a child. I had a strong fascination. And then when I was like um, 17 years old, funny, just a year after I met Mary Jane or around the same time, I went to Egypt for the first time with my, my best friend. And um, that was such a beautiful experience. And I could feel that energy of like, oh my goodness, this is my home. You know, I feel so at home here. This is like the energy of the place and it's calling. And and then I did, I, I'm telling you a little bit of the background story, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then I did spiritual seminars like in 2000 and hmm, I have to think, I think it was 2003, five. And um, I, I remember praying really strongly. I was asking to, to find my Egyptian family back that I used to live with. Mm -hmm. And I had a conversation at that spiritual seminar. And this girl, uh, Emily, starts talking to me about uh, the 18th dynasty of Egypt. And, you know, starts, you know, saying, I used to live there and, and this and that. And I, my eyes became all big. It's like, well, you, you know, you have memory of that? And she's like, yes. And because I had strong reactions to that time frame. Every time I saw an Akhenaten statue, I'd become emotional. Like all these feelings would come up. So the 18th dynasty of Egypt is Akhenaten yes. with Nefertiti. Uh, Akhenaten and Nefertiti. And, and then, the son and then, is Tutankhamun. Yeah, but the Tutankhamun was probably not the son of like Nefertiti and Akhenaten, but like a woman named Kia and Akhenaten, you know. Mm. So and he was, was a different. really weird looking uh, king. A yeah, he was alien. Parents. You know, he, he they called him Assyrian. Mm -hmm. uh, with the elongated skull and uh, and according to and he uh, changed the religion of Egypt he did like uh, and I know I know like historians would you know they're always speculating right but when I like kind of like focus on what it used to be is that he just wanted to change the corruption that was going on like with every culture when it declines when it falls they forget who they really are and what they really stand for. And so these priests were becoming really corrupt. You know, the Amun, Amun cult, Amun rock cult, uh, and the Amun temple. Uh, he was against that. So he's like, oh, it has to stop. Because people, by constantly worshipping all these deities, they're going away further and further from the truth. And the truth is that we all come from the cosmic sun. So that's why he changed all, you know, he, he got rid of the old religion religion, and he changed the center of the, or the religious center of the country to Amarna, which is exactly in the center of Egypt. Tel El Amarna is what it's called. And he built up his like uh, temples for the Aten to worship the Aten, which is the sun. Because in my opinion and how I feel it, it's just that he just wanted to reconnect us to the breath of life, which is the cosmic sun. And um, I have like just very strong feelings. And I, every time I read a book or I look at it, I just have all these strong feelings. And when I um, connected with this girl, Emily, that I met in, in, you know, in Belgium during that seminar, we also met up later in Paris. And then I started having visions, which I never had as strongly in my whole life as then. And I started seeing what happened to me and who I was. And, and it's funny because then afterwards, like Marijane would tell me, she'd say like, oh, I had a visit by, you know, the Akhenaten figure and he was completely gold and he came to me and he said, yes, she's my daughter. <laughs> I thought that was funny um, that she actually um, said, you know, I saw it. I saw it. It's, it's true. And then I had another reading and 
people don't know me and they say, yeah, you were a royal a, daughter. A total different psychic that yes. also told you yes. that you were also the youngest daughter of Agnaton. Yes, exactly. And what happened to the daughter of Agnaton well, in this, that lifetime? Yeah, but this is the thing though. And this is funny because the, the last person that I talked to that just brought this up said that I was doing great. I was artistic. I had connection to the stars and the deities and all this stuff. Yeah, even the deities, even when you know, you're only you know, connected to the sun, but you can still respect the deities without having to worship them right. um, and uh, yeah this person said that nothing happened to me that was negative and you know it's funny because maybe stuff happened to me that was very negative but maybe it didn't affect me karmically as much as I thought it did but in my my memory my feeling that I had back in the day I felt like I was taken from my mother because you know Akhenaten and the whole family was getting rid of because you know, the deep state at the time didn't like them and after them it was only like uh, military people that became pharaohs. And that's not somebody who should be a pharaoh. They're not divine. They're not divine like that, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, it shouldn't have been military people, although they did great things for the country of Egypt, but they're not divine. So Akhenaten was divine for me, at least. And um, so they took so, him yeah. out. Yeah, they took him out and they, they also just, um, they killed the family. The, my memory was that I was taken from my mother, I was blindfolded and I was, um, my, my throat was cut. Mm. And so when I had the thyroid problem and my thyroid had to be removed, I was very sad about that because I was like, oh, this is a repeat for me. Right. Like we went like to this. Egypt, you and me in 2007. Right. And you had dreams. It's 2008, 2008, right before I discovered the lump in my throat. Right. I remember you having dreams and nightmares. You were like, mom, mom, mom. And I'd have to wake in you Egypt, up. In Egypt. In Egypt. Yeah. And then right after is when the lump started growing in your throat. Yeah. And then they had to cut your throat open to remove the lump. I know. So it's, it's almost crazy. like the negativity manifested physically. Yeah. And you had to get that out. Exactly. Yeah, it, it manifested. But it's funny because then I talked to Bill Foz, who's like an Akashic reader. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, he says, uh, I don't see any negativity in that life for you. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. But again, you can go through a lot of stuff. Does that mean that you're karmically bound to this world in a negative way? Not necessarily. Maybe that's why he saw it as a positive thing. Mm -hmm. But the, in this reality, as of right now, they got rid of the whole family. That's right. how I feel it. But do you feel that whole episode has been healed since you got that lump to remove in your neck and maybe like yeah. you'd like to have a thyroid, it would be better for you, but maybe it was a way to kind of like let that go. Yes, that eliminate it. Yeah, um, it, I definitely feel better. I feel different, um, but I still have the connection, you know, mm -hmm. I still feel the presence, the protection. And so, yeah, remember the um, the medical healer that was talking to me at one point too, who was mentioning the protective shield and stuff. So yeah, it's not the first time people mention stuff like this to me. Mm -hmm. I always uh, found it so interesting. Yeah, it's it's fun. But I've always I'm always gonna have that Egyptian connection. It makes me feel really at home and at ease, and it, it makes me feel you know it's my natural, mm -hmm. my natural way. You know. When I asked Mary Jan, hey Mary Jan, was you know did I know Valerie in my past lives too? Uh, you know when she was like this royal woman, it's like oh yeah you you knew her. You were one of her peasants. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's funny. Like, it's like, Damn. But it, it's funny when I did the Akashic reading like uh, with Bill Foss and I asked about you as well and, and about Edward, of course. And uh, he was mentioning uh, that we both have military connections. And do you remember when we did the, the staring, the eye gazing in the mm -hmm. beginning of a relationship? 
I was saying I see all these uh, military people. Yeah, I definitely have lots of past lives where I was a military. badass warrior. Yeah, but so does Edward, my part, my current partner. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, he said the same thing. Yeah, you guys have military connections. So I was also a, a military person. Mm -hmm. That's what he said. I was like, oh, cool. that makes sense, you know. And now we're peaceful warriors of the line, you know. <laughs> but we still have that attitude of like, you know, there's a war between good and evil happening right now, Star Wars styles, and we're using love as our new weapon in order to heal. And we use that courage that we used uh, in battle for the different kind of battle. Mm -hmm. So and we're uniting the forces and the troops, you know, in mediums like this. Yeah. So another thing that mm -hmm. you studied, because you study all these beautiful things, is mm -hmm. astrology. Tell me a little bit about what is astrology. Some people say like astrology is not real. Like, you know, how can you read the world from the positions of the planets. If there's any time, and I, I'm not surprised that the camera, that the, the battery died because, you know, it's intense, right? So this is intense times. <laughs> so it's like, the camera can't handle it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Anyways, um, Pluto has been conjunct um, Saturn for the whole year already. That's so intense, you know, it's so much transformation is going on. That's, mm -hmm. you know. Astrologically it, speaking, this yes. year is intense Ooh. and we can see it Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, physically. yeah. It's almost like evidence that astrology is real. But it is real. This is the thing. It's, it's a sacred science. But people say, oh, no, it's not science because it's not concrete. It's like, oh, it's, it's annoying. Not everything that is true is, has to be concrete, like, like scientifically. I don't know how to explain it to you, but there's, there's more to this existence than just what you can measure physically, you right. know? Every day of the week is contributed to um, a planet in our solar system, but people don't think about that. Mm -hmm. That's crazy, right? Totally. Yet everybody cares that suddenly now people care that Mercury goes retrograde and all stuff, which is great, by the way. I think that's great. But there's much more to astrology than just a planet going retrograde. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's, I, what I love about astrology is that it literally it's a compass, it's a blueprint. It's, uh, you come into this life, it's like a gift from, from God to you. You know, like you entered this world at this time, uh, this place, and, and, and the stars were aligned in this and this and that way. And you pick this exact special time, and it's almost like your talisman in this life. Your talisman, you know, like you can use your chart. You need to have your birth hour. In fact, you, sh you should have your birth minute and seconds even. Like the Vedic astrologers are crazy. You know, they're sitting there with their like special kind of clock and then the baby comes out and boom, they click. Mm -hmm. and it's like a time shot, you know. Mm -hmm. And so much you can read from that time shot. It's incredible. And if you could just study it and look at it very, very deeply, uh, you will understand yourself so much better. You'll see the, the painful points, the, the good points, the disappointment, everything is there. Mm -hmm. And including other people. Like, for example, if you really dislike a person, um, you could just look at their chart. You look at their chart and you'll have compassion for them because you'll see that they have their own path. And I'm talking every single human being. Serial killers, you know. Uh, Hitler. <laughs> Hitler. Trump. They're yeah. all human beings and you look at their chart and you're like, oh, they're playing out their chart. Mm -hmm. They are here for a reason. They're all playing out their part. Mm -hmm. And of course, whether you're going to pick the positive manifestation of your chart or not, that's up to you and your consciousness. Mm -hmm. But there's so much to read in a chart. And um, I, I wouldn't like I would recommend people if they use astrology and if they're interested to also use deep space, not just like local space, you know, because local space is the signs of the zodiac, the tropical zodiac. Okay, like the solar system. Yeah, the solar system, but there's so much more outside the solar system. And fixed stars, for example, mm 
-hmm. And uh, the fixed stars, the further you go out in space, you see the fixed stars. Why do they call them fixed stars? Is because they move only like a degree every like, oh my goodness, 70 years. And so they seem fixed to us from our terrestrial point of view. Uh, and the planets are always moving. The planets are like the imperfect gods. They're not perfect. The fixed stars are perfect. Then the planets are the imperfect gods, you know, like uh, Zeus, you know, they all make mistakes, right? All these gods. <laughs> and, um, and then there's the Earth. And so the planets are basically the uh, translators between the divinity and the Earth. They're the mm -hmm. translators. But if you were to like place deep space in your chart, which I call like the Vedic nakshatras, they call them, they call them the uh, lunar mansions. If you add these to your chart with the fixed stars, you're going to see a whole other level of yourself. Mm -hmm. Very, very, very deep. I suggest people going to depth and detail. So important. Don't just, I mean, I shouldn't say don't just because there's a lot of astrologers that just need a few planets and they can say so much stuff. You there's know? just so much to say about uh, everything. Um, yeah. Do you think that you can see the future with astrology or it just gives you a kind of general like energetical roadmap of what to expect or how to navigate these waters? Well, you can see tendencies. You can see like that there's going to be big transformations happening and you can have ideas of how that's going to happen. Many times if a person is also like psychically inclined, then they can like combine these, you know, two things together. Uh, you can predict the future, yes, but I think... It's important not to focus too much on future predictions, but be in the now and just look at what's happening right now. And you're going to get an idea and an understanding. Like, for example, today Mars is going direct again. It was um, retrograde. Now it's going direct. It's the most powerful position of a planet to be in. So we're, we're seeing a lot of fights around us, a lot of tension. Like, uh, it's quite bad. And we also have a new moon right now in Scorpio. Scorpio, super psychologically deep. Uh -huh. um, it's very tough today, actually. That was yesterday? No, was that's... Well, today? yeah, yesterday was when, when Mars went direct. Friday the 13th. <laughs> Ariane's mm. birthday, too. How crazy, you know? Yeah. And the fact that we're having our interview today is also quite intense. You know, it's, that's, that's very interesting. Maybe also to be like the antidote of that energy. Of course, not to say that Mars is bad. It's Mars and Aries right now, so... It, uh, it's, it's very happy. Mars is um, in domicile in Aries, so it feels very good there. It can do a lot, you know? So imagine, the planet goes direct... And uh, it's fire energy that we don't have to science. use to fight. We can also use it to like, you exactly. know, have energy to do the good work. That's what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. And in a few days, Venus is going to be conjunct um, with the uh, beautiful fixed star Spica, which is a, a, actually a star that you were born with on your ascendant. Uh -huh. This is why you're such a great artist, because that star inspired you to, to do art in the first place. And it's very generous, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, this is going to happen on the 16th. Um, so you have this harsh you know, energies, but then you get these beautiful conjunctions that are coming up as well. Mm -hmm. Like Spica, those people got to look into fixed stars. It's just brilliant. It's brilliant. And the nakshatras, the lunar mansions, look into it. Have you looked into how the skies will be configured in the next few months, like over the winter? Like, what, how are you seeing things coming up? I don't look at things too much because I don't want to get too depressed. And I've heard already like a lot of like tough things from astrologers in general because I listen to a lot of astrologers, of course. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it sounds like it's going to stay tough for a bit longer. Like years? Uh, I wouldn't say years. Definitely not. I mean, some people say that 2021 is going to be a little better. 
Okay. But there's still a lot of transformation to be happening. Also, Pluto moves so slowly. That planet is like, ah, get out of there. Just get out of there. You know? <laughs> so it's funny. But now um, I believe um, Pluto and Saturn or Saturn and Jupiter, I forget already. But it's like there's going to be another crazy conjunction coming up. And I'm already holding on to my chair. I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be in the sign of Aquarius. So that's at least uh, the rebellious humanitarian sign. So... But Saturn there, though, could like make us like even more limited because Saturn limits in situations and people. But nevertheless, we should transform and break out of that, you know. Mm -hmm. Maybe those limitations will make us more free at the end of the day. As much as we own like lockdowns yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and all this other stuff thrown at us as the solution to this little virus. Uh, maybe it's what ultimately will, you know, make us want true liberation as humanity. Yeah, that's true. And actually, nobody said that transformation was easy. Uh, Pluto uh, is a planet. I mean, they don't call it a planet anymore, but nevertheless, I'm going to call it a planet. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it makes people transform and it forces you to transform. It's either change or die. You have no option. Right. And, and, and the conjunction with like Saturn made all these, the powers in the world like become very strong as like, uh, this is what we're, what's happening already the whole year. It right. started with fires in Australia and then it went into COVID lockdowns. Oh my God. It's like literally being intense after intense. After yeah. Intense. Well, because it stays in that position. It hasn't moved out of that position. Mm -hmm. And every time this happens, uh, I don't know, I, I, every, um, I mean, it happened in 1982, um, 81. So every time it happens, this conjunction, it's very intense. I actually was born during a conjunction like that. Mm -hmm. So every person that was born around that time is pretty intense in personality as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, you have to transform. Yeah. And it's going to be for the better. And of course, it was in, in, in Capricorn. Pluto and uh, Saturn is in Capricorn. And it's going to move into Aquarius soon. But um, that shows you, I mean, Capricorn is the, the, the people that rule the world, you know, the, mm. the government, all this stuff. So that's where you see all this like tension happening. And of course, Aquarius is the people. So you can see, you know, what, what that's going to do. Very intense. Beautiful. I love astrology. I find it fascinating, interesting. I love yeah. to listen to different astrologers and their yeah, point too. of view on how they read the skies. And it makes me sad when people kind of like poo-poo on astrology, be like, oh yeah, astrology is just a horoscope in a magazine. And <laughs> that means nothing. It's like, dude, it's like a really tight science that involves the whole universe and... Oh, I think it's beautiful. And ancient cultures studied it. They're not a bunch of idiots, you know. They all studied it. Like, you know, the pyramids that are aligned uh, with Orion. They're showing it to us so that we could actually date it back to 11,000 BC, right? So, like, mm -hmm. it's... it's um, it's And different cultures around the world totally yeah. unconnected, perhaps, you know, locations. Yeah. They <laughs> but showed truth is truth. Truth is truth. And it is a sacred science. And if people don't like to hear it, I, don't, I really don't care because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I, I you know there's a difference between believing something and knowing something and I just know it there's mm -hmm. a difference I don't have to believe it's not like a religion that I believe in I believe in this and that no no I actually know it <laughs> mm -hmm. but again I don't want to force my opinions on anyone that's uh, although to me it's not an opinion like I said you can just share your truth <laughs> exactly and I accept other people and other opinions and other callers because they're all different parts of the truth anyways but to me, astrology is my language that I like to use. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very beneficial. And if people were to use astrology more, they would actually, when a child is born, they would use um, 
like the, the talents that a person has. They would look at it very carefully and then they could help nurture that child towards what it should really become. Mm-hmm. It's such a great tool. Right. And, yeah. and also to, to, to study other charts of other people, like let the child learn other charts so that it can have some more compassion for other people mm-hmm. and understand who it's going to match with well and who it's not going to match with very well. So understand that dynamic, which is so important. It's, it's a psychological tool, actually. Right. Beautiful. So we're coming to the end of our show. And at the end of the show, I always like, like to ask my guests if they have some final words of wisdom about anything at all to our viewers. Yeah. My, you know, an important message that I have for people is, first of all, follow your intuition. Follow your heart. It's very important. Use your mind wisely. Um, you can change your mind. Don't, you know, change your heart, like the positive heart. So I would say people just follow your heart, listen to your intuition, and also know that you're enough. Because I see a lot of people are struggling in society where they feel like they have to be something, they have to be this big, you know, uh, person in a big company or whatever. You don't have to be anything of that. You being here is enough. Your energy here is enough. You should just be yourself and radiate your personal light and help other people and be kind to other people and share your love and your vibration. Because it's all about love. You're not going to take your uh, your big position or whatever you did in life, you're not going to take that or your money. You're not going to take it to the afterlife. But what you're going to take is your the effects you had. Your contribution. On to your the contribution planet. to the planet. Be kind to animals. Please be kind. Be kind to other people, even if you consider them to be complete, horrible human beings. Be kind and um, open your minds to different things and stay positive. As, as stay positive, so important. And do some form of art, anything it is, anything that you feel comfortable in, just do it. Enjoy your life. Uh, take walks in nature. Uh, yeah, just enjoy and be, be still, be calm and stay positive. Beautiful. Well, this has been such a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much, Valerie. Thank you. Uh, My pleasure. I'm happy to be in your home. I'm curious what you guys will make me for dinner tonight. (laughs) Something really healthy and delicious. Or maybe I'll order. We'll see. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I hope you enjoyed this very interesting conversation with Valerie Lambert. Uh, Follow her on Instagram if you feel like it. And uh, yeah, please uh, don't forget to like the episode, share it, comment. Just please help us get some momentum on this little effort we're doing here on this YouTube channel. I love you and I'll see you next week. Peace. Next week, my guest will be Tava. Uh, what drove me was really honestly, I was always very much inspired by art, artists, Montreal artists, local artists that have been doing this for so long. I was always intrigued by the risk that they took, you know, by kind of leaving everything behind and, and, and doing whatever they love to do and creating art, whether it's murals, canvas work or whatnot. And, you know, I studied in, in, in fine arts as well. And I, I never really knew how to like bring it to the next level in terms of a profession. So I worked in the pipeline in agencies doing animation and doing other type of work. And one day I just, I kind of just woke up and I was like, you know what, I want to give this a shot. I want to stop producing content for other other agencies and just see what I could do on my own uh, and, and start creating, you know, my own type of work and creating my own type of style. And I uh, kind of took the leap of faith. Did my first solo show, I think was in 2010. And then it really, really like got to me. I said, you know what, this is really what I want to do. I love it. And it's just, I know the struggle is real. You start off, it's going to be hard, 
but um, it's now or never, do or die, right? So I was like, right. I'm going all in, Amazing. quit the nine to five, and uh, decided to, you know, never look back. So make sure to subscribe, like, and everything else. Big thanks, and see you next week. Peace.